0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Messy Walk podcast. Today's episode is going to be a little different, and here's why. So Pastor Adam recently went on a mission trip to the Dominican Republic with an organization called Casas Por Cristo, and while he was there, he had the opportunity to record a podcast with one of the missionaries there named Ian Duggar. And on this episode, you'll get to hear Ian's perspective on why the church is in decline in America, and you'll probably notice that the audio isn't as spectacular as it typically is. And that's just because it was recorded on an iPhone during a mission trip. Um, But I've already listened to this episode, and I personally feel that the heart of the conversation and all the perspective that Ian has to share um, on this topic makes the not so great audio still very much worth the listen. So without further ado, check out this conversation with Pastor Adam Cook and Ian Duggar.
2: Yeah, so hey, this is Pastor Adam here with Ian Duggar um, in the Dominican Republic right now. We're right in the middle of a home build with Casas Por Cristo. And so I wanted to go ahead and pull Ian aside um, to talk a little bit about um, this current series that we're in. And so, um, Ian, just for a second, like introduce yourself and why the heck I asked you to do this. Like, what do you do here and
1: that kind of stuff. So, hey, how's it going? So, my name is Ian Duggar. I'm the field manager here in the Dominican Republic with Casas Por Cristo and i've been serving here for ever since 2019 so i've gotten uh, i've gotten to see you on a few builds yeah, work with you exactly. a few times so i'm honored to have uh, to be on the podcast awesome today. i appreciate it and his wife's here too so mm-hmm. yeah. family's all in all uh, yeah right. i'm here with my i'm here with my, with my wife alyssa as well uh unfortunately she's feeling a little under the weather right now so she couldn't make the, the podcast yeah. but, um, we've been serving together here after, ever since we got married in October 2020. Yeah, it's a pretty awesome
2: thing, especially to see a married couple, young married couple, doing stuff. Here's a cool fact for you guys before we jump into the topic today. Um, for those of you that are local to um, our church, to Union Church, then you know that you know that uh, near to us, within 15 minutes of our Danville campus, and within five minutes of our Caswell campus in Yanceville um, is Park Springs Christian Camp. And so, Ian, who I met in the Dominican, um, used to work at Park Street's Christian, Christian camp right down the road from us, So which is pretty cool, right? So, yeah. you were there for a little while?
1: Yeah, I spent a summer there in 2016. Um, so, I, I actually ran into my old youth minister uh, when I was growing up. His brother was actually the, the director of it at the time. And so, I ran into him randomly at a conference. He, he offered me a position as a summer and intern, and then I gotta spend a summer there and I just I loved it I love the whole area it's great
2: that is cool so the current director of Park Springs Christian Camp um, attends our church and so his wife, I, I know his wife listens to the podcast. I don't know about him, but I know his wife does. So this is really cool to so hear it, right? Whenever she listens to this, whenever it is. You know, podcast is something strange, right? You don't know whether the person's listening like now or if they're listening like a year later. You know, you, know, binge, you binge stuff yeah, like yeah. this. So whenever you hear that, you'll know Parks and Camp, Campus. I think it's really, really cool. That's, it's just crazy. Like we showed up in the Dominican a couple of years ago. And we were talking and we met in the end, right, and all that stuff, and then he was like, Damn, he was like, I know Damn. <laughs> we realized he'd been there, he stayed there, you know, that kind of stuff. So anyway, here's so so you guys know, um, but we're we're talking through um, what what is it that is causing the decline of Christianity in America in particular. So what is the cause? And we can say that in various different ways. It's like what's causing the um, church decline, why our church is getting smaller. Um, why are there less salvation? Whatever way you want to qualify it. Basically, there is a significant decrease. It has been happening for a while. So if you listen to this and you're just going to throw it in the COVID bucket, you can't do that. Um, COVID sped it up a teeny bit, but it was already trending the exact same direction. And so when COVID hit, it took a nosedive, but it's always kind of been there. And so what we've been talking through, if you've been listening to this, um, and I have no idea what episode this is. Chloe would have said that in the beginning to you, but... Um, we're just kind of talking through like what we think that is and so I wanted to get some different perspectives and so we wanted to get the ends because Ian is an American who is in the Dominican Republic as a full-time missionary and his wife are just totally devoted to it and so there is a perspective, in that you bring to this that I just wanted to pick your brain about. So we'll go ahead and tell everybody that you got about 45 minutes notice of what we were talking about. Maybe, if that, maybe 30 minutes. And so uh, he's on the spot right now. I thought it would just be cool to hear his perspective. Um, you guys, if you listened to the podcast before, um, Josh and Allie Krabs were both separately on the podcast at different episodes um, who are who have run, run classes in the Dominican and various other locations and stuff like that. So... Um it's just really cool to get a perspective from you guys um because you have this you have you have a you live you live here right I mean full time yeah, but you, you go to the states you know you like you got a foot in both places that mm-hmm. makes sense. so I think you get a really cool perspective and also you're spending time with Christians from America who are coming to casas to build right mm-hmm. and so you're gonna pick up on a lot of things and so um I just want to throw it to Ian, we're gonna let him talk, and he has no notice and so uh, we we'll just go where you go, Ian.
1: Yeah. So, uh, this is a great question, um, one that I've thought about a lot. About you know, so I went to Johnson University, Florida, which was a Bible college in Kissimmee, Florida, and you know, this is something that we would talk about is you know, looking at our culture right now and wondering. You know why is not that Christianity isn't compatible with it, but why do we see that people are either leaving the church or you know not not converting in the same yeah. way that it was beforehand? Um, and for me personally, I think that there are two two main things that stick out. Um, one, just the the fact that the church today has been complacent.
2: Yeah,
1: um, yeah, I agree. And second is just like in american culture specifically there's just, just this sense of disunity um mm. and it, it's prevalent in literally like every aspect of of day-to-day life um and so I, i'll start talking about the the first point um the complacency, the complacency. uh you know growing up it, getting someone to church was the end goal you know, it was always, hey, invite your friends, and then we'll take it from here. Or, you know, go and just invite people to a friend right. day, and, okay, once they're here, you're good. Right. You know, it was always seen as like— Evangelism was invite somebody to church. Exactly. Or church activity or whatever it was, right? Exactly. And, you know, if you look at the Bible and look how Jesus did ministry, that wasn't—that's the farthest from the case, you know. Talking to someone about Jesus wasn't the end. That was literally the beginning. Getting them to go to church, getting them baptized was just the beginning of their faith walk. And so I think a lot of times, especially myself, I saw Christianity as, okay, I will share my faith with someone. They say no. I say, oh, I did everything I could and then Mm, mm. walk away. Yeah,
2: that's good.
1: Or, you know, I do invite a friend to church and I just kind of dump them on the youth minister or the pastor or whatever and say, all right, this is what, you know, this is why we tithe. This is why we pay your salary or whatever. So you can take over from here. Whereas I'm the person with the relationship with that person. You know, you know, he's my friend and he's coming to ask me questions about my faith. And I say, oh, no, 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 I'm not a pastor, you know. And so for me it's kind of that like i wash my hands of that responsibility because i say like oh i don't have the training or oh this or that and so i just what the reason is i was just complacent didn't want to do it you know i didn't want to take that challenge of discipling someone answering the hard questions really getting down there with them and walking with them through this faith and trying to understand what it meant to be a christian what it meant to to really believe and so you know, I, I've, I've given a sermon on this before is how, like, the, the way that we like to do Christianity now in the States is how, you know, things were done back in the Old Testament where we want to try and be perfect and present this perfect nature to other people. And hopefully they'll see it and go, oh, what's that? Let me come over and try and figure this out. Like when all the, the neighboring rulers would come and visit King Solomon because of his splendor. And they they walk away going, oh, we believe in God now because everything is working out for this man. Look how great it is. Yeah, look how great it is. And so this is the model that we we want, but obviously we can't follow through with it. And so the model that that Jesus sets up for us is um, in school they call it centrifugal centrifugal force missions. Where instead of bringing people in, we're sending people out into the community. And we just don't want to do that.
2: It's well. I mean, it, you know, it's a lot of work. Like you said earlier, you said, "I don't want to pick up. I don't want to pick those responsibilities up." Right? Because you know, the American culture has become has become increasingly. Now, we've always been this way, to an extent. We this is a struggle of humanity, but it has become American culture has become way more consumeristic than mm-hmm. ever before. Right, and it continues to trend that way, and church has followed that trend. I mean, mm-hmm. like I, maybe I'm wrong, but. Church has become extremely consumeristic. Like, we'll come, let us give you something. Come and do this. Look, we'll, we're going to help you be a better father, a better whatever, right? And I'm not saying any of those things are bad. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that they're not the be-all end-all, right? And so it's not, um, you know, self-help, if that makes any sense. And so it, it, when we treat church like this thing that is similar to the consumer culture, we are creating people, and you and I struggle with this too, mm-hmm. we're creating people who... Um, don't bear responsibilities as Christians. They instead receive rights, right? And that is so disjointed Mm -hmm. with the gospel. It is so disjointed with Jesus because, I mean, the whole point is Jesus gave up his rights and instead bore responsibility for us, right? And so as followers of Jesus, we are supposed to give up our rights and pick up our responsibilities. And so what we have to do is we have to submit that complacency, right? And are we as churches, and I'm throwing myself in here too, are we as pastors, are we, are we leading people to that? Or instead, are we saying, just come to church, mm-hmm. just attend church, just come get what we're going to give you on a Sunday, right? And we'll take care of your unchurched friends, you just bring them, right? And so it's almost like we, we set them up to, and of course it means everybody has personal responsibility, but we set them up to be consumeristic, right? Mm-hmm. And we set them up to not take, the responsibility of being a Christ follower, right? That you take responsibility for that friend of yours, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of, like you said, pawning them off on the pastor or the youth pastor or whatever. You
1: know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And I I think a certain part of that, like the consumeristic culture is like the want to be served and to have church exactly mm-hmm. how you like it. And so instead of saying like, what can I get out of this service? How can I apply this to my life? You know, we focus on like, oh, I want to change things about the church so that <laughs> I feel more comfortable. Right, right. And, you know, it's only, it's only spiraling into more and more people getting more and more complacent because, you know, oh, they don't have the, the service that I, I specifically like. So I didn't really, you know, I, I'm in a huff and I'm not listening to what the pastor says because we went contemporary instead of, oh, you know, yeah, hymns you or whatever. Sure. You, know you what change I mean? the
2: music up, you're in trouble. Yeah, everything
1: right? everything's, uh, everything's a big a big deal when because something it's not changes. how I want it, right? How I want it, right? Exactly. Instead of
2: going, I, it doesn't matter what I want, right? Mm-hmm. Do you don't you think that that leads to? And I don't mean it, we, we can you can keep talking about that particular point, mm-hmm. but it feels like that that leads to what you were saying. Secondly, of, of this ridiculous disunity, yeah, because we end up creating um, and participating in echo chambers right and so we want the church to be like we want it to be and so the people that are there they they need to think and like the same thing we like right and so the people that I hang around with I'm not hanging around with somebody who votes differently than me right I want to hang around people that vote the same as me so we can talk about it right and there's this which ended up creating such a divide across all different barriers and yet as Christians right as Christ followers I mean we're called to pursue unity Not, not continue to create more disunity. Don't you do you do you think? I mean, I'm setting you up because I think this. Do you think that? I mean, it seems like the church is continuing and overall is continuing to cause a lot of the disunity. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, just political speaking. Yeah, you know, no. So racially speaking, right? Like
1: that's where that's honestly kind of where I was leading off into anyway. Like the the fact that like I don't I don't think you know splitting up between contemporary and you know him to, like worship anything like i don't think that that's uh directly leading to all the destabilization right, 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 right. of all the, the the country but no i mean i people people who only want to get their way and only listen to people who talk like them get like them they get complacent they 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 hear one message and anything that they don't agree with, that's, you know, well, that's heresy. Right. Or, you know, I refuse to believe that. That's craziness. And I think the church has both been a victim of that division sure. and has also perpetrated it. Yeah, you're and right. And so you, you were talking about, you know, politically, racially, all that stuff. The church's hands are not clean in this. You're right. Especially in the United States. You know, you, you look at the, the, the restoration movement. You know, you had the you know, followers of Stone. You had the followers of Campbell split on uh, slavery. You know, it, this is not like a, a 21st century problem. It's just we've kind of plastered over the cracks and yes, ignored right. it you're over right. and over again. Right. And I think, I mean, at least for me, the summer of 2020, it was a huge wake-up call as to, like, just how divided the church is in America, yeah. even at its roots. And so I would see people... Who, you know, I've worked with, I've seen people I've grown up with, you know, different walks of life, just tearing into each other, tearing into their ideologies, because they believe something different you know about you know yeah but, you know, and not
2: in some like destroying people because of it instead of yeah. lovingly disagreeing or trying to see another perspective just like yeah viciousness just, just yeah.
1: completely like i'm writing you off of my life i you were dead to me kind of kind of <laughs> language and i'm yeah. like this is the opposite of what the bible calls it's for sad. It, it really is and so seeing like i mean i obviously have my own opinions sure, and stuff sure. and i understand my my father and i like we vehemently disagree on a lot of things politically racially all this stuff and um i i don't love him any less and i think it's crazy that that is the 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 advice that i've hear coming out of certain pulpits it's like you know if i i you'd be astounded the amount of times that i've heard someone saying like hey if you vote democrat you're not a christian you're not a christian you need to stop playing christian and and wake up kind of thing like it's insane that that's the message that you got from reading the bible because jesus didn't get up and say you need to be pro this anti this pro this anti this and it happens to align exactly with the republican and you can be you can be pro
2: something on some sort of stance of you know whatever and still pursue and love people like i mean jesus did not agree with the vast majority of people on big issues that he had dinner with mm-hmm. right that he hung out with i mean there was vast differences you know i mean zacchaeus right getting down out of the tree you know mm-hmm. i mean there there's huge differences there and yet he's there eating dinner you know what i mean like there's it, i don't know I, I just i mean that that has to cuz i mean what we're what we're talking about like if if we're talking about the decline of the church, what that means is, is why do unchurched people not want to be a part of the church? Right? Why is that the case? Right? Why do they not want to be? And I'm telling you, I don't know about you for you, but from my perspective, and I have been in full-time ministry for 20 plus years, right? I don't even know at this point. The vast majority of people that I run into that are unchurched, unsaved, lost, whatever word you want to use, right? Dechurched. Atheist agnostics right most people are not atheists by the way agnostic you know what I mean or just mm-hmm. don't know where they fall or whatever it may be um, they don't have a problem with Jesus mm-hmm. they have a problem with Christians yeah right because they're jerks right and they're lazy and they're they're entitled you know what I mean I mean that's all mm-hmm. the stuff we're talking about right just different ways of saying it
1: yeah
2: um, and I know obviously we're not talking about everybody as a whole putting everybody in one bucket right. But as a whole, obviously that's what we're doing if unchurched people, people who don't know, won't, who, who don't know Christ, <laughs> are not showing up, are not coming, are not being evangelized by their friends. They're, they're being, you know, like you were saying before, there's this disunity and they're being like... This is the wrong word, but marginalized, like shoved to the side, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, going like, think about people that are unchurched going, if that's what the church looks like, right? If that's what following Jesus is, I don't want to be a part of that, you know, in this massive amount of disunity where we're just alienating people that don't know Christ instead of what we're supposed to do is pursue them, mm-hmm. right? Like love them, care for them. You know, when you said the disunity thing, see, I didn't know, I didn't know what Ian was going to say, <laughs> um, and he said the disunity thing. Like, um, I've been praying and thinking about that a lot lately because if you you know, I really like to look at, at what Jesus did, what Jesus said, right, and especially leading up to the cross, right. And so you would call it maybe you know the the passion, right? That time frame, right, right prior to and to the crucifixion, the last thing Jesus prays for. Right, And so he's, he's about to face the cross, right? Mm-hmm. Wrath of God, he knows what's up, right? He's stressed out about it and yet still says, God, whatever your will is, this is what I'm here for, right? This is why I'm here and let's do it. And the thing he prays for right before that, which has to be monumental, mm-hmm. right? I mean like, all right, what's the last thing Jesus prayed before he went to the cross? We should probably pay attention to that. And it's for the unity, right? It's that the church would be unified. Um, and yet, we seem ridiculously uh,
1: disunified, yeah I mean I mean, so I think a lot of it will boil down to the fact that we allow we as Christians allow so many other things to get in the way of our faith mm-hmm. and so first and foremost like i am i am a young black kid from florida but before all of that i need to be a christian mm. and so you know whatever issue may arises you know before i'm you know before the fact that i'm either republican or democrat you know black or white right. you know all these different things i am a christian first and so when we attack on these other little things to our personality that get in the way of that, I think that is a big hindrance to the movement or to the, the expansion of the kingdom of God because we start putting all these qualifiers on it like in Galatians. You know, Paul's calling it the same thing where yeah, we put yeah. all these qualifiers on it like, oh, you can't be a Christian and vote this way or, oh, you can't be a Christian and think, you know, this way about the police or, oh, you can't be a Christian and, you know, love this person kind of thing. You know what I mean? Right. And so sure. it's like, I don't know. It's I, I. When I was talking to my dad about this once before, about, like, you know, I was a young college kid talking about socialism or capitalism, right. all this stuff, and eventually we came to the realization that, like, what needs to come first is Christ. Because we keep trying to, say, use these, like, biblical justifications for this system or that system or whatever, yeah. but we're trying to fit a perfect God into a man-made Per, imperfect system mm-hmm. And it doesn't work yeah. And so the realization that I had was All this other stuff That we argue and bicker about It doesn't matter As long as we can agree on the fact that Jesus died for us That there is one God That we need to serve And that we need to share this gospel With yeah. as many people as possible And so I don't know. All the other stuff is just division. I mean,
2: you're right. And I think that obviously, obviously it has an effect, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I think, that if you, I think that if you polled folks, and maybe we should do this. I mean, if you, you polled people, I think that you probably get that. I think you'd probably get that is that Christians are hypocrites and they're jerks and, you know, they're dividing the country. Mm-hmm. Like they're field, there's that feel too. That, you know, that the cause of this division roots back to the church right and i i kind of agree like Mm -hmm. there's a part of me that can go well not all of it i don't know but i'm kind of thinking like it does you know um like you were saying before if it's christ plus anything else it ain't christ Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like you can't add anything to it um and if you're gonna pick a hill to die on right that hill's calvary right i mean that. Like, exactly that, that, yeah. that hill is Gogotha. you know what I mean Like, if we're going to pick a hill the only hill worth dying on is the gospel mm-hmm. and we have to, to we have to submit all these other things that want to take that spot and like you said we have to submit this imperfect system to the perfect God instead of trying to fit perfect God into an imperfect system mm-hmm. and so that means that we would be constantly submitting the system to the authority of the gospel, right? We'd be constantly submitting um, what we do as a church, what we do um, as individual Christians. We'd be constantly submitting that to the authority of the gospel instead of trying to make church and all those things fit wherever we are at the moment. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like we've got to submit that stuff, which means we'd never stop, right? Which is what that's supposed to look like, right? We're imperfect people. The church is always gonna be a mess until Jesus comes back, because it's made of up of us, right? And so and there's no expectation here that the church is going to wake up and go, oh, we get this perfectly right, and now everybody wants to become a Christian. But well, that's not going to happen, right? Um, but it just, it just seems to me that the world is as hungry as ever for what Jesus has to offer, and we seem to be in the way of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean?
1: And yeah. I mean – like I said, back to the, the summer of twenty twenty, there were a lot of people hurting. And yeah. with all the we we as the church, and not everyone, but from the things that I've seen, we got in the way of you know, loving the black community that was hurting. It was yeah. crying out in pain and you know we let our political stances get in the way of, of saying, hey, we see you, and we want to come alongside yeah. you, and we want to show you that this suffering, it isn't the end. That, right. that we as a community, we love you, and we love you because Jesus, but we let our political stances get in the way. You know, with the COVID and all that, everyone had a million different opinions, but... It got in the way of grieving for those people who were suffering. Yeah, no doubt. Right. You know, not just suffering from, suffering from the pandemic, but economically and, you know, and just emotionally and mentally from all the other mm. things that had come along. And we, we let our own personal beliefs that weren't tied to the Bible get in the way of what Jesus called us to do.
2: Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the gospel, the gospel is offensive. Right, mm-hmm. it's offensive. Um, the closer you get to the cross, the uglier you look, right? Mm-hmm. The dirtier you are, and it is offensive. The gospel offends; it cuts to the deepest part of the soul. And you're, if you're listening to this right now, like me, like I feel, I feel, you know, a part of this. Like I, I've had pieces of this that have been, you know, my fault, mm-hmm. right? And it offends me. You know, I'm like, oh man, I, I'm not the cause of this. I didn't do this, right? And so God's constantly, the Holy Spirit's constantly moving to go, sure you are. But we can submit that to the Lord. There's a better way, mm-hmm. right? And that Jesus has already given us the example of this, right? And that would actually change things. You know, I mean, I, I just really believe it would. I mm-hmm. think that you're spot on. Do you see... How do you see that play out? I know this was an American question, but we're sitting in the Dominican Republic right now, right? Are we in Navarrete?
1: Navarrete, yeah. yeah.
2: Um, we're in a poor area, right? Yeah. Um, the house that we're building for the family today, um, Josh, who's been in the DR for a long time, um, you guys have heard him on the podcast before, um, he's preached at Union before, um, Josh said this is one of the poorest families he's ever seen in the Dominican that we built for. Um, and so, the shack that they're living in, um, all six of them, mm-hmm. is right beside the house that we're building. I mean, it's, it's, it's horrible. Yeah. Right? And so that's where we're at right now. Um, that's kind of the context. And so you guys are. I want make sure. I have to always make sure I say this when we talk about the DR. That you know our partnership with Casa, the work Casa does in the DR, is not in the part of the DR that you go to the big resorts and all the white people fly in and go. Oh, I'm not white, just white people. I messed up by saying that. Americans. You know I mean, right? Americans, there we go.
1: You don't see a lot of tourists flying fly around,
2: flying fly to the all inclusive resorts, and it's just like glamour, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're not there. This is not where we are. We're in the whole other side, um, and it's brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you see? How do you see this play out in this culture versus in the American culture? Like, do you see um, Christian? So Christianity is on the rise in the Dominican Republic, not on the decline, right? So statistically speaking, um, what's the difference, or or I mean, is there a difference, or do you see it declining too? Like, do you see
1: you know? I mean, I, I wouldn't say I see it declining. I I think one of the differences, and you can testify to this, is who's there when you're when you're doing this project. Is it just you guys and the pastor? No, it's the whole community. Yeah, it's the whole community right. comes out. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, if you know this family, if yeah. you don't, I I built with a, well, a team. That
2: guy was walking by yesterday. Right, we were at a struggle point. You know, because. Mm-hmm. Yesterday was Concrete Day. You don't know what I'm talking about if you're in the pockets, here in gone, You should go. Right, we'll take you to the co- to casa's. I don't care whether you go to my church or not. We'll take you. You can go with us. It was Concrete Day. It's brutal. So we were at a spot where we were struggling, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we've never taken a break in the middle of concrete before. As so we've done the build, we were like, okay, we have to we have to all pause for five minutes, right? This guy's walking by. We, nobody knows who he is. The family doesn't know who he is. Mm-hmm. He picks up the shovel and starts filling buckets right and so we figure out about 30 minutes later
1: he was just walking by
2: right he just stopped and helped
1: yeah it i literally the same thing happened we were when i was building a house a week ago and there was this guy who was there on the site i thought it was like you know either the pastor you know asked him to come from his church or even the family but he said no i was just working at this other construction site and i saw what y'all were doing i came over to see what was happening (laughs) thought it was cool and came to help out you know what i mean like That's what the community here does is they help each other. Mm -hmm. And I think it's that that sense of humble service for just anyone.
2: Just fellow
1: man. Yeah, exactly. That that is just so in line with the gospel that like if you already have that mindset. So it's already like
2: foundational here. Foundational, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That like I don't know, it's just it just makes hearing and accepting the message of the gospel of Go out and help your fellow man. You know, do this because you love God, because God loves you. That message is so much easier to, to accept. It's fertile ground, is what it is. Exactly.
2: Right? So you can throw the seed of the gospel in its fertile ground. Right. It's mm-hmm. not the. It's not like going back to Jesus's parable about this. It's, it, it's not the the ground that's been trampled and walked on so much that it's like concrete. And that's what America feels like to me. Right. So like, mm-hmm. you know, if if this ridiculous level of serving fellow man and, and hospitality, right? And I'm not talking about like, you know, throwing a dinner party hospitality. I'm talking about spiritual gift hospitality, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would almost guarantee you that the uh, that Christians in the Dominican Republic, there is a higher level of or, or I don't know way to say this, right? But this is Messy Walk Podcast, so we can say it this way. It, it is, There's got to be a um, sort of increased percentage of Christians here who have the spiritual gift of hospitality. Um, I think I think it's probably an abnormal rate, right? Like I think it's high. Um, because it just seems like it's a foundational thing too, right? Mm-hmm. So it's already cultural. And then you the Holy Spirit starts to work through that too, right? And so now they know Jesus, the Holy Spirit's there, right? Now now we've got this thing that we're using so the ground seems real fertile, right? and you start saying that so if that's the key or if that's one key right mm-hmm. to hear cuz we don't know right we're just two random guys on a podcast <laughs> right yeah. so, so if that is one of the keys then could we do that in America I mean we could yeah but there's a lot of barrier to it
1: yeah i mean like i said i just think it's i think that's probably why i chose these two these two reasons as my biggest uh, reason why the church isn't growing is because it's so apparent here, and I just think that if we just kind of get it out of our own way, mm. it's easy. Like they, they're not like I was. They're not doing a whole lot, but inviting someone else into your house that you've you know you don't really know it to get coffee everything. Yeah. It changes everything. Yeah, changes
2: everything because you can then you can then. Invite them to the gospel, right? You can invite them to anything if you
1: have, you know, invited them to everything that you have, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a whole different ballgame. Inviting someone to have a relationship with you is easier (laughs) if you're being relational. Right, (laughs) right.
2: Right. You know what? One of the things I think of a lot, like when I'm here, is like we were talking about this ridiculous level of hospitality. And I think about um, – and there's been a lot of study on this in America – in the decline of the front porch to Mm -hmm. the backyard instead and so um it used to be front porch living right and so people would not even in neighborhoods like i I live in the sticks like i live in the country you know Mm -hmm. um park springs christian camps in the country right i don't have a house and i got a house across the road way down the bottom and i got you know one's way over here but there used to be and of course lots of advances have changed this right i'm not saying it's all bad but there used to be people on front porches. And mm-hmm. so you would interact with your neighbors and that would be a thing, right, constantly. Um, and that there was a transition, obviously, through suburbia mm-hmm. to the fenced-in backyards, right, instead. So it's just private with my family only instead mm-hmm. of that. So when I'm here, I always think of that. Because in these, in these neighborhoods, at least, there, it's, it's, not even, it's not front porch, it's whole house, yep. right? I mean, it's whole house. We Mm -hmm. have taken over the people across the road's house this week, right? And they want that. Like, they're like, please be here, Mm -hmm. right? Please use our bathroom. Please sit here and eat, right? And we got mud and we're dirty, you know, and it's like, and they're giving us food, anything that they can do, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a disconnect there, obviously, with America. We have, and we'll go back to the church because I don't want to tear America up, but the church has turned inward, in all of these things, like all these things we've talked about, there has been an inward turn, and I know that that is a natural thing anyway for us as a group. We're always fighting that, like that's death to self, right? Mm-hmm. There's, but there's been a turning inward, and so if if we are turned outward, seems like the ground's fertile, or at least that at least that at least that churns up the ground. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. for sure, right? I mean, what do you? As you see the gospel taking root here, um, you know, because that's the whole point. I don't know how many of you know about this. You can go look this up um, with CASAS, but obviously the there's a partnership with local pastors here, right? And so the pastors are the ones choosing the families that get the homes. And, mm-hmm. and so it's basically just a way to spread the gospel, right? Yeah. yeah. So how do you see that working here? I mean, does it work well and— you know, do we see people coming to Jesus because of that and you know is there something we can learn right
1: yeah I mean it's not like a it's not like a foolproof system where sure. every person we build a house of for it becomes not, a Christian right? or anything but you know I have a ton of stories of you know you're building with Jose at now he's the yep. he's my pastor where I, I go to his church while I'm here um, I'll build for a person and then maybe either the next week or a few weeks after they might pop in and and, you know come see what the, the church is about you know we we built I remember building a, a house for a guy it was a legacy build um, and two three weeks later you know he invited the you know members of the church to come over for a Bible study we had Bible study on his porch like you're saying right, with the right. community you know I think it's a good not to get off track no, the, no, what dude, you were talking you about it. where uh, how our houses are built differently you know we're used to be like disconnected garages where you'd have to get out of your car, walk right, around, right. see your neighbors, or sit on the porch and stuff. You know, they still have that here. Of course, right. Where if you walk around the streets at night, they're, they're on their porches. We design our houses that we build to have a For bigger porch. Right. Yeah, a bigger porch was added onto the house so that people can hang out on outside with their community. Um, and so I think that's just kind of like the, like you said, the, the the big thing that might need to change is that we need to be less kind of inward focusing on our own household and be more open, be more out, you know, in you know, the more world. like a
2: tangible way to do something about it, you know, like if somebody's listening to this, they feel convicted of it because that's what it's going to take. Like it's not mm-hmm. going to be some we're not going to all of the denominations are going to get together and vote on how to stop declining, right? Yeah. right? It's going to take individual Christians, which has always been the way the mission is supposed to be, right? Mm-hmm. Individual Christians saying, what can I do to share the word, but what can I do to make the ground more fertile, mm-hmm. right? That, that I'm around, right, in general. And if enough of us do that in lots of places, then that's what, that's the way the change happens, right? I mean, the 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 way the gospel was supposed to spread was never my preaching platform getting bigger, right? Yeah. It was never... Um, you know, my YouTube channel increasing, right? Mm-hmm. Or the amount of audience getting more people to listen to gifted teachers. That was never the model, right? It was always individual Christians carrying the gospel, living the gospel, sharing the gospel, right? And and I, mean, I, I know you agree. The vast majority of sharing the gospel is not with your words, right? It's not talking. Right, and, and it leads to it, yeah. right? And there's a lot of conversation there, but it's a it's a life we live, right?
1: What, what's the what's the quote?
2: It's Saint go out, Saint Francis. 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 Day, yeah. um, what does he say?
1: Always preach, the, or always share the gospel, yeah. and when necessary, use, use words. Words, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. There's a there's a key there, and so I think the church, and we'll end like this, but unless you have something else in a minute, right. but the the church uses a lot of words. And our actions have decreased considerably, um, or at least our gospel sowing actions have decreased considerably. You know, our, our ways in which we, at Union, we say, love God, love people, prove it, right? Our ways that we prove that we love Him and we love others have changed considerably. So we use a lot of words, but actions kind of speak differently, and we don't do as much as we used to. You know that kind of thing? And mm-hmm. I don't mean we need to do things. I mean, lifestyle that we live. Yeah. Um, And so that leads right back into what you were just saying, fostering this disunity, right? Increasingly creating a us versus them Mm -hmm. thing, right? Um, And Jesus would, if he was in his grave, because he ain't, but if he was in it, he'd roll over in it, right? They were creating some sort of us versus them. Are you kidding me? Right? Us versus who, right? I I came for everybody, right? Exactly. No matter how you think they should live and do some particular piece Right, and even if it is wrong, right, um, it's every. There's no us versus them, right. Everybody's invited to the table, and we don't. We say that, but do we do it? You know. Anyway, thanks, Ian.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on. It was
2: great. we're yeah, really glad Ian's here. We'll have we'll have um, Ian back on, or Alyssa separately, his wife, and. Um, just so you guys know, of course, we're going to continue with the series going forward. Um, we talk us through some different things, some different ideas. I uh, really appreciate, Ian, appreciate, appreciate your, your perspective on this. And if you guys want to find more out about what um, IN does, the ministry, it's casasporcristo.org. If you want to support Ian, um, because they are missionaries and they only get paid if we support them. Um, then you can go to org and you can support Ian directly. Ian and his wife Alyssa. It's actually really easy to find on the website. And so, um, lots of people from our church um, do this as well. Not necessarily for Ian yet, but um, and Valerie and I do personally as well too. And so, you can support a missionary directly in a in a in a place where we just told you that the ground's pretty fertile, right? And so. Um, Obviously, I'm not doing all this to get that to happen, but i like to throw it out there. But the key would be, you know, let us all prayerfully consider um, what part we play in the church declining in the country that we live in, right? I mean, that should that should be something that wakes us up. Like, we should lose sleep when we realize that this is the case as Christians, right? We should not lose more sleep because of who got elected in the, into the White House than, than losing sleep because... Less people are hearing the gospel, receiving the gospel, and churches are declining. That should make us lose sleep as Christians. Because, like Ian said, that's the hill we die on, right? And so that should make us lose sleep, right? I mean, I'll tell this story real quick and then we'll wrap up. Um, I wanted to share this with Ian anyway. So I was thinking about it when we were going through. I was like, I'll just talk about it on the podcast. Um, When I was in, I won't name the denomination but we were at what we call annual conference when I was 23 or 24 years old and so this is all the pastors in this particular conference this was the Virginia conference and so there's 4,000 of us um, and and lay leaders as well and so um, I w- we were sitting there in this humongous session in Hampton Coliseum right, Hampton, Virginia and I was bored out of my mind and so I was reading through the all the stats and stuff that they gave us, you know, we were walking, working through all those things, and um, and I was sitting there reading through all this, and, you know, somebody made some motion for something, right? and all this is going on, and I'm bored to death. I was a youth pastor at the time, so I'm really, really bored. I was forced to be there, you know, kind of thing, so. <laughs> Valerie's sitting beside me, because she was for I, you know, mm-hmm. she had to come, because I went, and so I'm flipping through, and this particular denomination keeps a lot of stats. And so for that year, I went to our district, and I started flipping through, and I would, get to, I would get to church A. It was in alphabetical order. Church A, zero professions of faith, zero salvations, zero baptisms. I turn the page. Next church, zero professions of faith, zero baptisms. turn the next page. I keep going, mm-hmm. and as I'm going, I'm getting more. I feel like I'm going to throw up. I'm like, this is an emergency, yeah. right? Why would, we, why would I, in three seconds, would I be able to see 80 churches, um, that are having no salvations, no baptisms. Like, something is wrong. Like, stop the presses, stop everything we're doing. There is a problem. Yeah. And I smacked Valerie, and I'm, and I'm almost hyperventilating. And I'm, a, I'm an emotional dude, so you can chalk up some of that, that. Bro. but I was almost hyperventilating. And so I smacked Valerie, and, and I was like, and of course, you know, also, I was a young Christian who thought I knew everything too, as a leader, right? Yeah. And so I smacked Valerie, and I'm like, there is an emergency. She's like, what is wrong with you? And I start to kind of tell her, and then I I listen. And what we are talking about on the floor, what is officially happening, is we are voting, about to vote, on whether or not to boycott Mount Olive Pickle Company and Taco Bell for their um, uh, employment practices, right? Which I'm not saying that's a bad thing, I'm just saying, we're about to vote on Taco Bell and Mount Olive when we have church after church after church. In my little two second assessment, uh-huh. right where there's nobody getting saved, is this not a is this not like a ridiculous like it's like national Christian emergency right yeah. there? You know what I mean? And yeah. I don't know why the, I told that story, but
1: the things that we think are bigger than actually reaching people. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying we don't
2: talk about those things, but we don't talk about them. We don't pursue them. Why we and, and forsaking the gospel to do it? Yeah. And and that to me, that's one of the biggest things is I think that a lot of American Christians, and I know I'm in this camp too, have so often get so get off track and forsake the gospel for something that is not nearly as important as the gospel, like you said earlier, mm-hmm. right? Like you were talking about with your dad. You know, like these this this stuff ain't that important. Yeah. Right? It's gonna be here today, gone the next day, right? You're gonna be you know, held that you can't be a Christian if you're a Democrat right now, but you know, uh, you know, if you're not a Republican right now, right in America, but 60 years ago, if you weren't a Democrat, right. You then you weren't a Christian. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's going to change. It's going to come go. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and it's important for us to get that perspective. Like there's got to be this heavenly eternal perspective mm-hmm. because in the end, it all fades away, but the gospel.
1: Yeah.
2: In the end, it all is gone. Mm-hmm. You know, anyway, so thank you, Ian. I appreciate you. Costasporcristo.org. You can see I probably shouldn't have smacked on the table. We're using the <laughs> iPhone right now. Um, but be praying for Alyssa. Be praying for um, Ian and what's going on down here, and mainly for us in general, right? Because we're not sitting here criticizing other Christians. We know we're part of the problem too. Yeah. Um, let's pray on how we can, wherever we are, um, and whatever influence we have, whether that be just in our own personal home. Or that being a business that we're in or a church that we're in leadership in how we can make the ground more fertile because i do believe that this is absolute national emergency for you know american christianity mm-hmm. so anyway thank you ian appreciate you uh you can tell everybody bye if you want to
1: all right yeah thanks guys again for allowing me to come and speak here and i just like i said I'm, I'm just real passionate about this and i i want i want to see this change made and I want to see the kingdom grow. That's, that's really all I care about. So. Well, we appreciate
2: all you do. And, you know, the life of a missionary is not an easy life. And it is 24-7 no matter what anybody says. And so we appreciate you very much. I hope you guys enjoy the episode. and Check us out for the next one as we continue this series. Um, we'll talk to you later. Thank you. All
1: right, bye. Thank you for joining us on the Messy Walk podcast with Pastor Adam Cook. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. Have a good day.